continued along. And as I walked, I thought about Billy because uh, he's had some rough times. It was good seeing him because uh, I hadn't seen him in about four years, and the last time we were together, we were doing a roofing job on the top of a 40-story building. And while we were up there, Billy started getting depressed, and he started talking crazy. Then he went up onto the ledge, and he said he was going to jump. It was too late, and I couldn't stop him. He jumped off the building. Right after he jumped, I looked down and noticed that Trampoline Emporium was having a sidewalk sale that day. <laughs> he landed on one of the trampolines and bounced back up. And just as he got to the level of where I was standing, he said, you know, I think a lot of your joke premises are very contrived and hard to believe. <laughs> Welcome to Comedian Ordinaire, the world's most okay podcast. My name is Dan O. This is the podcast where I sit down and interview comedians in the city, uh, the city being Denver, and I just you know, I sit down and I pick their brain and I ask them why they said that thing or why they felt that way or why they hate that group of people, and and we talk about it, we chop it up, we talk jokes, we talk stage performance, and... I don't know. We get into all of it. It's sort of turned into an educational thing, I guess. I mean, I'm learning a lot. Jesus, just from talking to these people. Experts of the field. And, um, man, you actually might notice the new artwork. Uh, the new podcast artwork is finally here. I had very little to do with it. I want to give a huge shout-out to Josh Sude. I hope I'm saying that right. S-U-D-E. His info is in the show notes i guess you call them show notes the description uh, all of his info is right down there hit him up i was like dude i have this idea i've seen your artwork around i think it's fucking amazing it's so cool i love the look of it and i sort of had this thing in mind and i sent it to him and he was like all right cool give me two weeks and bam holy shit here we are we got it it's looking fresh it's new um and yeah, I mean, what a good way to kick it off. We're trying something new today. No interview, but still talking comedy. Uh, we, I say we like it's a lot of people. It's just me over here, man. It's just me doing this. I guess it's you as well, whatever, you, whatever you're doing. When do you put this one on? I'm really curious to know. What, what are you doing when you're listening to this? Are you like walking your lizard are you checking the mail for your ballot that you're supposed to turn in are you doing your taxes uh naked with your significant other i don't know what you're doing i'm really curious to see what people because i listen to them like when i'm going to king supers i like going into king supers with a hoodie and my headphones I put the hoodie on and i feel like i'm going into stealth mode people don't know that i'm consuming content so we're like keeping it on the dl I don't know. Maybe that's what you do, too. That's just what I do, and now I'm projecting on you. Um, today, like I said, we're doing something a little bit different. Um, no interview, but I still want to talk about comedy. And, you know, every time I sit down and do a solo one, 
I am breaking down my own sets from open mics that I do around town and talking about specific jokes going through the set. Did this one work? Did that one land? Why did it do well? Maybe I should change this. I kind of get really nerdy about it, and I break down stand-up comedy. Um, sort of like pulling pulling by the curtain, you know, and revealing the secrets, I guess, if you want to say that. Um, and I still want to do that. I want to do that for other comedians. And I'm not asking comedians in Denver to come through and let me pick apart your jokes. I'm not a joke doctor. I don't, I mean, there are, Jesus Christ, the number of comedians out there that are funnier than, than me and better than me and they work harder, I can't count that. It's through the roof. I am by no means an expert. However, um, I've been watching stand-up comedy for a very long time, and before I knew that I wanted to do it, I was still just trying to break it down. Why was that funny? And I just tried to watch what they were doing really observantly, and rhythms became predictable i sort of saw setups coming i knew i don't know the pace of the joke i knew when the punch was coming and all that every now and then you guess a punchline right and you feel like you know like you just won fucking jeopardy or something you're like wow i'm amazing look at how smart i am i just guessed that and it was like the easiest fucking thing ever it was such an easy joke like a knock knock or um but I just, I don't know, I always loved doing that. Um, even, like, random street jokes, people would ask me. I would never want them to tell me the punchline. I wanted to see how the punchline, like, how could I guess it based on the setup? Ever since I was a kid, even now, I still do that. When people tell me, like, uh, why don't elephants, why don't you ever see them hiding in trees? Don't fucking tell me. I really want to guess that on my own. And maybe at the end of this podcast... You'll know the answer, too, so spend the whole time trying to guess that one. Like I said, though, I want to talk about specific jokes from my favorite comedians, comedians that I've watched my entire life. I got into stand-up comedy, I mean, watching it as a fan. When I was in, like, fourth grade with comedians like um, George Lopez, Dane Cook, Pablo Francisco, Carlos Mencia, you see a theme here. They're all really high-energy comics, and and then I got, or I found, Dimitri Martin. I don't know if I found him or if it was recommended to me, but Dimitri Martin, I, I don't know that I would be doing stand-up comedy today, today if it were not for Dimitri Martin. You know, up until that point, I just thought comedy was this uh, this art of storytelling, and you had to make each line funny, and you had to do voices, you had to act things out and you had to be really insane you had to be a high energy person I never was a super high energy person always been pretty mellow low-key and then I saw Dimitri Martin's show on Comedy Central which a lot of people hate the show kind of like his comedy I love the show even today like it's it's sketchy it's nerdy a little bit and not to talk shit on those other comedians, but Dimitri, when I found him, I was like, this guy is just a little bit smarter. Book smart, I think, if I got to be specific. I don't know that he knows the craft better or whatever. And he was like the first one-liner comedian that I ever saw. And I didn't know that you could do that. I thought jokes had to be these long things because I'd always see bits that were eight, ten minutes long. And it was just one story. I had no idea that I was watching people who would master stand-up comedy just doing that. 
And then I saw Dimitri, and his jokes were so short. They were one or two sentences. Sometimes they would be stories. A lot of the times it'd be really weird thoughts. I remember one specifically from the show, Important Things with Dimitri Martin. It's so stupid now thinking about this joke, but I love it. It's stuck with me since 2008 or seven or whatever. He draws a lot on the TV show. He drew a throne. Just picture a chair that a royal person would sit in. He draws this throne and then somebody picks it up and throws it. And he goes, and now it's a throne throne. Eighth grade me was actually on the floor. I was rolling. I think I invented rolling on the floor laughing out loud because of that joke. Pretty sure I'm the originator of that. Man, it killed me. And even today, like, the joke is terrible. It's so easy. It's a low-hanging fruit. It's dumb, whatever. I fucking love it, man. I love that joke. And I would watch this show and go to school the next day and repeat all these jokes to people. And I didn't know that I was stealing jokes. I just wanted to be funny. I've always wanted to be. And I would steal all of Dimitri Martin's shit. Um, and, and anyways, yeah, that's that's why you heard that clip in the beginning. You know, because that's what we're doing. I want to talk about specific jokes from some of my favorite comedians throughout the years break them down, see why they're funny, what they're doing exactly. And look, like I said, I'm no expert, man. I, Jesus Christ, the amount of stand-up that I do compared to some of these people, it makes it look like, I mean, hobby would be generous. Some of these people are working insane hours. Jesus, I, I don't know how they're doing it. And uh, I still got to interview those people. I need to ask how you get to do 40 shows I say shows or like performances in a month and then still have money to live in a home. I don't know. What are you doing with all your spare time? I'm guessing it's all going to stand up, which, man, shout out to those people. Those fuckers are going to make it. They're going to make something out of stand up, no doubt. Um, I'd also, again, just like to say I heard this quote about humor writing and comedy dice or analyzing comedy is like dissecting a frog they both die in the process and for somebody that likes to break jokes down and see why they're funny i get why you would say that you know it's like i said pulling the curtain back of like calling out a magician for using misdirection Whatever, you know, they we all got tricks up our fucking whatever, our leg sleeves. We all got tricks. I'm just trying to figure some of them out in this specific craft. Um, so if I'm ruining the funny or if I don't know what I'm talking about, YOLO, I'm still going to do it, man. I want to do it. So uh, anyways, without further ado, let's start breaking down some jokes. Let's start with George Lopez. Talking about Jack in the Box. All the fast food restaurants, Latinos. Everyone. Jack in the Box. All Latinos. You have to speak Spanish to get a hamburger. Welcome to Jack in the Box. 
I'm sorry. Huwag ka doyakin na baka ng helio. Um, is this Jack in the Box? Can I help you? You want something? Um, hi, can I have a Jumbo Jack? Okay, you want a Jumbo Jack? Jumbo Jack, I don't... I don't think there's a Y in Jack. Get a queso? I'm sorry, se quiere queso. I say, do you want a cheese? Oh, all right. Okay, you want a guayabuya con queso? You want papa frita? You want a french fry? Friend fry. You want a french fry? Um, my friends are fine, thanks. And this is how you throw them off. What kind of fattened drinks do you have? Excuse me? What kind of fattened drinks do you have? One minute, please. Rudy, este vato me está diciendo fountain drink. What is it? What is? What it is? Fountain drink. What is it? What is? What is it? What it is? What is? No waters, cabrón. What it is? Es soda. Es soda. ¿Por qué no me dijo soda? He told me fountain drink like I'm a stupid. Why no say soda, stupid? Son of a bitch. We got a soda, stupid. We got a coca. We got a Pepsi. We got a Fanta? You want horchata? You want horchata? I don't want to talk to the manager. I want something to drink. Tell horchata I want a large Pepsi. You like a spray? A spray. A spray. E-S-P. A spray, stupid. A spray. That was George Lopez talking about Jack in the Box. Um, man, and my guy, geez. I'm going to say this was peak George Lopez. I don't know exactly when this bit came out or how long he had been doing it until that point, but I mean early 2000s, 04, 05, 06, at the latest. I'm sure he was working on this joke before that. Peak George Lopez, prime George, Jorge. Man, he gets right into it. Um, he sets the joke up so fast. You know exactly what he's talking about. You know, he goes 
all the fast food restaurants, Latinos. And then he just says, Jack in the Box, Latinos. My guy sets up a four-minute joke or bit with 11 words, 11 words, and you know exactly what he's going to talk about, you know, whatever. A lot of people say that Lopez is notorious for just comparing Mexicans to white people. Sort of like a Cedric the Entertainer of the Chicano community, if you will, or like a Steve Harvey, uh, Steve Javier, if you'd like to, a Steve Javier, maybe, maybe that's what we'll call this one, I don't know, whatever, man, a lot of comedians have done it, I guess it would be considered hack now, I don't even know what hack is, maybe I'm a hack right now, maybe I'm being hacked, hack a Dan, um, but, he gets into the bit so fast that you know exactly what he's going to talk about. And I, the first line, like he says a line that sets up the rest of it. I would call it the setup. Um, you have to speak Spanish to order a hamburger. Super funny line. I, I love that line because it sets up the entire thing. Um, there's a lot of dialogue in this. And he uses the white voice, the white people voice, which... Again, not very original, but it fits fits this context so perfectly. Uh, he goes and uh, you know you have to speak Spanish to order a hamburger, and then welcome to Yaga the Bag, and I hell you. I mean, you heard it. Go back and listen to it. This guy is he's just going back and forth. He's acting this out, and uh, I mean, this is when I found out what fountain drinks were. I had no fucking idea what fountain drinks were. Even now, like you're working in a restaurant, when people ask me, why are you saying it like that? What kind of fountain drinks do you have? They're not, they're not from a fountain. Whatever. Now is not the time for me to talk about fountain drinks, but this is when I found out what they were. And really, the whole bit is just, you know, a white person misunderstanding a Mexican. He says, you want a friend fry? He goes, my friends are fine, thanks. That line fucking killed my family, dude. Oh, I say it like my family's alive, but dude, you know, we would listen to this just on the way to whatever karate. I think I took karate at one point. We would just listen to this bit two or three times on the way there. We like saying the words along to it. It was almost a song. It was beautiful. It was just a great thing. And uh, yeah, that's sort of that's that one. I mean, a four minute bit just based off of that. One though that one sentence really all Mex all fast food restaurants Latinos bam four minute bit, um, so let let's get into the next joke. Uh, here here's another one. So many crappy. The first job I had right the first job when I was uh, seventeen uh, was Burger King. That was the first job that I had right. I didn't want to call it Burger King either because like you know so I used to call it the BK Lounge. <laughs> If the girls were like, where do you work? I was like, I work down at the BK Lounge. I'm a bouncer at the BK Lounge. Can we get in? Not without coops. Not without coops, baby. So I get the job because I have one older brother, my brother Daryl, he's the manager, and I'm like, this is gonna be awesome because my bro manager hooked me up. He was a dick. He thought he was the Burger King, you know what I'm saying? He sucked. He would put me on drive-thru every single night. Why to this day do people insist on yelling at the drive-thru? It's modern technology. I'd have my little headset. Hi, welcome to Burger King. May I please take your order? Warburg! 
sir, welcome to London. Excuse me, I'm fucking bleeding from the ears here, okay? Let's turn the main down a tad, okay, Skid Row? Large fry, motherfucker! I can't hear you, Burger King! Are you ready to ride, BK Broiler? I would rather have had people yell it was when people didn't talk loud enough. That drove me crazy. I'd have like 10 cars out there and I'd be like, hi ma'am, may I please take your order? What do you want? What do you want? Oh, sir. It's butter seeds. No butter seeds. What do you want? What? No, 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 no. Yes, no. Cheese. Extra pickles. Uh, how much? Uh, cheese. Damn, I can't. Hello? Pickle, extra pickles. Cheese, butter seeds, ice. And pickles, all my pickles. Some extra pickly pickles, cheese pickles. Okay, are you trying to molest me via drive-through? What are you saying? Chicken tenders, sweet sour sauce on my pussy. Drive around, get some sauce. Drive around, ma'am. Sauce, sauce, sauce. She wants it her way. That's our motto. It's come on, sauce. I took, a, I took a lady's order one time. I'll never forget this. I go like this. I go, ma'am, that'll be 375. Please drive around. And there's like this long pause. And then she goes, where do I go? Where do you go? You follow the one fucking road you're on to me. Where do you? Okay, ma'am, you're going to go to the Texaco station. Take a right. Go five and a half miles southeast. You're going to see a guy in a yellow poncho. His name is Hank. He'll take you to the Whopper layer. That's where you go. And you've got 10 minutes to get there, or we take your food. And that is Dane Cook. Um, wow, Dane Cook, man. No, not a lot of comedians that I talk to have mentioned Dane Cook, but I mean, understandably so, I guess. He sort of disappeared for a long time, but I'm sure at one point or another, everybody has liked a Dane Cook joke. He's so easy to make fun of because his style is so eccentric. It's unique to him. If you're doing a Dane Cook impersonation, it's recognizable. But, man, dude, when I was a kid, holy shit, Dane Cook was I the king of comedy. He was the man. I believe he had the first comedy album to ever go platinum or double platinum or something like that. Dane Cook just, he went straight to the top. And he talks about it a lot now about, you know, how hard it is maintaining that position in the industry and what it's like to come back down. And, dude, he's down to earth right now anyways, man. He's super cool to listen to. And, I mean, go look for him on some podcasts because he's done great interviews, whatever, aside from the point. Um, again, we have a joke about ordering fast food, and I didn't realize that. Uh, until I listened to it again, but I guess the most influential jokes from my childhood were all about fast food, because uh, I was 
just an unnutritious piece of trash, apparently. But he gets into the bit. Uh, I mean, this bit is really wordy. He's. It sounds like not every word is written down. To me, when I listen to this one, it, it sounds like somebody who writes on stage. Like, he's one of those guys. I imagine from Denver, Sam Talent is like that a lot. Just from what I've seen, um, you know, I've never really got to talk to him. I don't know that a lot of people have. If you have, that's fucking awesome, man. He, he I mean, pretty much runs the Denver scene. Uh, or, he, I don't know, he's at the top or whatever. Let's not dick ride too hard. But I, Dane Cook, to me, strikes me as one of those people that, yeah, sort of writes on stage. I doubt that every one of those words was written out. Like, when I go back and listen to George Lopez, very few words sound like they were spontaneous or in the moment. This one here, man, it's all stage presence. It sounds, again, just like he had this idea that he drew from real-life experience and he just went to stage with it and just kept working on it. That's what I hear when I listen to this one. He says, the first job I had when I was 17 was Burger King. Just the setup of that. It isn't grammatically correct, but that, that's what he says. And, you know, we know exactly what he's going to talk about. Um, the bit, again, about four minutes long. There's three different jokes within the entire bit, but they're all on the same subject. And, you know, Dane Cook is... A fucking master and he just makes it work he has a bunch of jokes about a specific thing turns it into a bit uh as they say in the biz um and then he you know after he says that first line he sort of riffs for a little bit um yeah i, I really i really wish i knew how he did this that's sort of my theory how he of how he wrote the joke but again i'm sure he's drawing from real life experiences um, and then he goes, I used to call it the BK Lounge. Sold. That line right there had me. I'm in for the whole joke. What a fucking great line that is. The BK Lounge. That's fun as hell to say even. I remember saying coops when I was a kid. You got to have the coops. Um, and this is where I learned what a bouncer was. There's just so much going on. Like I said, there's a lot of words in this one. Really makes me think he didn't sit down and write it. Sort of like a Jay-Z of stand-up comedy. I'm just going to go in the booth and I'm going to fucking... You know what I mean? And and then he goes, my older brother got me the job. He was a dick. Uh, I don't want to do the joke word for word, but, you know, he goes, he always would put me in the drive-thru. Bam, there you go. There's the setup for the next two jokes. I believe the first one was just like... Uh, calling it the BK Lounge and how he used to say that to girls to make it sound cooler than Burger King. Um, and man, the, the fucking whole, the whole thing, again, it's just ordering fast food, but just listen, there's dialogue in it. If you go back and listen, there's voices, the sound effects again, the act outs, Dane Cook, notorious or regulatorious, I don't know, for acting things out, super high energy comic and, just gets right into it, man, and you hear the high energy in in the cadence and rhythm of the joke. I think the line that gets the biggest laugh is uh, "rub sweet and sour sauce on my pussy." I used to say this all the time, man. I said it all throughout middle school. I said it through high school. Every time I hear "sweet and sour sauce," now my mind thinks of this joke specifically. This line it kills. It's the funniest line in the entire bit. Um, and like I said, there's really 
a lot. There's three full jokes here that turn into a bit. And the end about the lady asking, where do I go, is a totally different story from the other two. But again, it's on subject. And man, Dane Cook at the peak of his powers, again, mid-2000s, talking about ordering fast food at the drive-thru. I'm sure there are other really famous bits of ordering fast food. I don't... I so funny i've recently sat down and tried to write one about ordering fast food and how i when i order i pretend that i don't know what i want because i don't want to look over prepared and uh yeah i didn't know where to go with that um yeah but funny how uh both of these jokes from my childhood are uh, about ordering fast food who knows i don't know whatever that is kind of fu- a funny coincidence but now let's get into uh, a little bit of Dimitri Martin. So this is just going to be, you know, I don't know, a lot of jokes. Let's just listen to some Dimitri Martin minutes. He says to me, do you have a poncho? I don't say no. I say not right now. Because I do have a blanket and scissors. At any moment, I am four minutes from a poncho. If you wait here, I will be back with a serape made out of a comforter in four minutes. Even this bottle of beer, this simple object, when I look at this, what I see are words printed all over it. In the design, in the warning on the side, and the message on the back, and I start to wonder, is there more meaning on this simple object than appears at first glance? What if somebody took every word off this bottle and rearranged them? Could it reveal more meaning about beer and bars, people who drink beer a lot? That's what I did. I took every word off this. It's the first poem in your program tonight. It's every word off of this bottle in a different order. If you haven't read it, you don't have to read it now. Read it after the show and think of me in a bar. Alone. Uncomfortable, insecure, completely lost in my mind. Which raises the question, why? Why would a guy sit down with a napkin and a pen, a bottle of beer, and write rolling, rolling, enjoyment, taste, beer? The answer lies in the second meaning of the word if. If meaning although possibly, even though. Okay? Sample sentence. She was an enchanting if toothless woman. Or in my case, I spend a lot of time doing time-consuming, if completely unproductive things. By the time I got to college, I wasn't doing puzzle books anymore. I was becoming a man, an adult. I had evolved. No more puzzle books. Now I was making the puzzles. I went to the school paper and I said, hey, I want to do a crossword puzzle for you guys, but I feel like I've seen the flat thing done before. I wanted more of a challenge. What about a three-dimensional crossword puzzle? Like this. You see, this goes across, down, and back. That's three ways to say, I'm lonely. I made five of these when I was in college. I spent more time on these puzzles than any class. There is no use for these puzzles. I don't even know if there was a use when I made them. And then when I was in class, I still had trouble paying attention. Same problem as grade school. But now, I found a sick way to up the ante. I found a way to give myself puzzles to solve by the end of class. Like this one, it's nine variable substitution. You see, I am not a dork. If I can find a number for every letter so that this mathematically works, by the end of class, I win. And here's the solution. A equals five, M equals two, K equals... And sometimes a simultaneous equation becomes true with the same numbers. I am not a dork, I am a nerd. I wanted to improve my vocabulary. Look, I was at college, I thought, yes, improve, continue to become better. 
expand your vocabulary. If you want to do that, maybe you read some books, hang out with English teachers, become friends with a poet. I said, no, no, no. Let's take out the middleman. I don't have time for that. <laughs> I'm going to read the dictionary all the way through, starting at the beginning like a book in the A's. And every time I come to a word I don't know, highlight the word. Then in groups of 10, I put them in this notebook. You see, so I could quiz myself 10 at a time, walking around. I'm in the eyes here. I'm in the 450s. Invective, jangle, jape, intro mid, walking around, quizzing myself. When someone does this, you might call them abecedarian. <laughs> More likely, you're going to call them asshole. <laughs> and that's, uh, man, that is a really short clip of something that was much bigger from Dimitri Martin. Uh, the clip is originally from just a one-man show that he did a long-ass time ago. I don't know. I mean, I found this. It was like two or three years old in 2008. So, yeah, again, mid-2000s probably. Um, the show is called If I. Uh, the whole show is him talking about all the different meanings of the word if. That's just who Dimitri is. He's nerdy and smart, and I mean, I don't know if he's ever really talked about fast food. Not to say that he's too good for that. I, he just doesn't really talk about that. You know, you hear the first joke. He says, uh, I mean, he's talking about optimism right before, but he says, no, I don't have a poncho, but I do have a blanket and scissors. I mean, he is leading us to the laugh. It's a delayed response, right? Because it's not super, it's not immediate. It's not right away that you're like, ha, I get it. It makes you think a little bit. Um, it's not in accent. It's not a sound effect or a funny voice. It's this combination of words. And, you know, he puts them together a little bit like a puzzle and you know, and then he talks about rearranging the words of the beer bottle and making a poem out of it. Man, what a fucking super nerd Dimitri Martin is. Just insane. I to even I mean, I'm sure some comics write poetry, but to take the words of a beer bottle and rearrange them. I mean, how bored and lonely do you have to be? That's fucking wild, but man, the whole show is just about um yeah, how he does weird things like that. There was one bit in this clip, uh, you know, it's a, it's really visual. He goes up to the drawings a lot, but, you know, where he's, like, spinning a pen on his finger, and I saw that, and I thought it was the coolest, the absolute fucking coolest thing that I had ever seen. The fucking coolest thing to spin a pen around your thumb. Saw Dimitri Martin do that. Spent all of uh, 10th and 11th grade learning how to spin a pen around my thumb dropping pens in the middle of tests and shit just being loud and <laughs> fucking dropping pens across the floor and just they're too far to get so i just gotta let them be let them go free and i would never get the pen back um but yeah all because i just saw him fucking spin this thing around and geez i there's a there's a lot of content in this um sometimes you know i think because this show specifically really influenced me. And, you know, when I was a kid, I just wanted to be Dimitri. Some people wanted to be Donovan McNabb or Donald Duck. I was like, I really want to be Dimitri Martin. That was like the guy that I looked up to. I got to be like that. Um, you know, I'm sure everyone's had their own. Maybe it's Conan for some people. Maybe it's, again, I don't know, your uncle. You just want to be like a person that you see. 
And uh, yeah, I was super influenced. And I thought if I stole his jokes and told them to my friends that I would be just as funny and smart. And that's not the case. I almost think that it's detrimental to like a comedian so much or to look up to a comedian so much, you know. And I mean, this one really tailored towards comedians, this whole podcast, but to the comedians listening, like, have you ever started writing a joke and then realized that you're not writing it in your own voice? And then you have to scrap the whole thing or start fresh and just reword the entire joke because you're writing in another comedian's voice because you have their cadence in your head. I don't know if other comedians go through that, man. Yeah, I went through that a lot in high school because I was really trying to be funny and it's like 16 years old writing funny things down or things that I thought were funny and I would put them into, you know, stories and when I would read them back, I'd be like, oh yeah, this is exactly like Dimitri. And then, you know, that was my thing. I didn't know that it was bad because I didn't know that I wanted to do comedy when I was young. It was just a thing that I was doing. And then somebody called me out for it. Hey, you sound like Dimitri a little bit. One of my friends from photography class. And then somebody else called me out for it. And they were like, yeah, you're just like him. You literally, and now I'm like, I don't, okay. I was trying to be like him, but I don't like that people know that I'm like him. And yeah, when I was fucking like 16, 17, I was like, I got to change everything. I can't write in somebody else's voice. That's not who I am. I don't want to be that person, actually. Big fucking life moment. Holy shit. I'm, you know, a new person. I found Jesus. I'm in, I don't know. I just, uh, that was all in high school and I did some open mics. I did two open mics in high school and, you know, looking back, yeah, I was probably, I probably sounded a lot like Dimitri Martin just because I was emulating what I liked, um, which might be a good way to start, but that's not a good way to work once you know what you're doing. And man, I don't, I don't know if any other comedians go through that, but anyways, aside from the point, like all those jokes that you heard, I mean, he gets super nerdy, he talks about I am not a dork it's a visual that you have to see but he writes it out I am plus not equals a dork and he finds a number for each letter so that that mathematically does make sense just like he says uh, I really recommend you go and watch this it's less than an hour I think it's like 45 minutes the entire thing but you know there's different clips so you don't have to watch the whole whatever it's but it was awesome. It's underrated. If you like Dimitri Martin, if you don't like him, still watch it. If you really don't want to watch it, go fuck yourself. I don't know why you're still listening to this podcast. I've been talking about Dimitri Martin pretty much the entire time. Um, but yeah, that's that. That's that was a really short clip from Dimitri. And again, yeah, I don't know those jokes. Like they work a little bit like puzzles. I don't know that the there's like a literal punchline. Like aha. They're a little bit smarter. I don't know exactly how to explain it. I'd like another comedian's help on this. If you're listening out there, just fucking hit me up, man. I'm a message away. I always say Instagram and Facebook and all that. Let's break one more down. Uh, let's just listen to this for a little bit and, and then we'll talk about what it is. And uh, all right, let's just get into it. <laughs> That's what we sound like now. Just the whole country, we're like fat eighth graders, all of us. 
Just go food. You ever listen to people? When I was in England, I went into this cafe full of Afghani people, and they just had crackly energy to their language. I don't know what they were saying, but it was like, there's energy. We don't have that anymore. Because we ever listen to people, you ever listen to what people really sound like? The other day I was in some whatever coffee place. I don't know, you can only be in six places, whichever one I was in. And I'm listening to just fat white people talk to each other. These two fat white guys behind me, one of them was like, and his friend's like, I know, I told you, Obama. These two women are talking, and I was like, I'm Anyway, I was listening to the two guys. And one of them used a word that really pissed me off because it was how he used it. He used the word hilarious. That's one of those words that we use that we don't, get, we don't care what it means. We go right for the top shelf with our words now. We don't think about how we talk. We just say the right to the fucking just, dude, it was amazing. It was amazing. Really? You were amazed? You were amazed by a basket of chicken wings? Really? Amazing. What are you gonna, what are you gonna do with the rest of your life now? What if something really happens to you? What if Jesus comes down from the sky and makes love to you all night long? And, leaves the new living Lord in your belly. What are you gonna call that? You used amazing on a basket of chicken wings. You've limited yourself verbally to a shit life. All these words we use, genius. That's, you, anybody can be a genius now. It used to be, you had to have a thought. No one ever had it before. Or you had to invent a number. Now, it's like, Hey, I got a cup in case we need another cup. Dude, you're a genius. <laughs> so these guys, they use hilarious. And I remember the context exactly because I had the hate recorder running in the back of my head. I was just standing there fucking angry. I'm listening to him. The one guy says to the other guy, he goes, uh, Hey, dude, so... Uh... <laughs> So guess who I saw today? And his friend goes, Ooh. I swear to God, that's how he said it. It just slid out. Just, I was like, tighten your lips up, man. Make an effort, please. Ooh, that's how a person talks. This guy, he's just secreting words out of the front of his head. So his friend goes, I saw Lisa today. And he goes, that's hilarious. How the fuck is that hilarious? All right, um, man, that 
that was or is Louis C.K. And uh, I don't know how a lot of people feel about Louis C.K. He got in trouble. The whole thing. Everybody knows exactly what happened. Um, You know, and I just, I'm going to just be honest, man. Louis is, I mean, if not Dimitri, then it's Louis. Louis is right there for me in terms of just my favorite people, favorite funny people. I recently went and saw Louie when he came to Denver at the Buell Theater, and I, I was more curious almost than excited. I was so excited because he is one of the greatest, in my opinion, to ever do it. And, uh, you know, somebody that tries to break it down, I could never figure out exactly what he was doing, and I still have trouble doing that. But whatever. I, I like Louis C.K. a lot. And one thing he said... At the show, it was like a, I mean, it was funny, but it really just was a point that he was trying to make. He looked at all of us and he was like, you guys are so fucking lucky that I don't know what your thing is. Everybody knows what my thing is. Obama knows what my thing is. And yeah, man, we all have things. You know, some people like to, I don't know, dress like furries are a thing. Some people have sex with objects some people like objects having sex with them dude everybody has a thing right everybody has their own thing like i like to solve a rubik's cube during or i like exclusively when faces are painted like pandas everyone has a thing and we happen to know his thing i don't know that that makes him a worse person the people that have come out and spoken about it Uh, have said that they were very uncomfortable with what was happening and they did not like it and would not do it again. However, maybe I'm full of shit, but they did say yes. This is maybe a controversial thing. I don't know, but he's back. He's performing in a 3,000-seater in the United States, the country that just fucking kicked him away, man, kicked him right in the taint. And whatever, he's back. All that aside, if we actually just try to look at the comedy for a second, um, it's an eight-minute bit, and it's called The Way We Talk, and that's it's the title of the album, Hilarious. It's a word that he heard two guys talk about. Dude, I have such trouble breaking down this bit. Um, I don't know. I, I know this fucking guy writes his jokes i know he's sitting down and writing them maybe at a computer maybe on a i don't know exactly but i know he's writing the words down but his delivery is so unpredictable to me that i can't pick up on the rhythms all the time like 90 percent of the time i don't know where he's going and you don't know when the laugh is gonna happen he just says something funny and it's so unique to him his voice is incredibly unique you know when somebody is sounding like Louis, because, I mean, he's the only one that sounds like that. And he starts the bit just by making dumb sounds. And that's funny. It's funny how that's funny. Because if anyone else does that, it's dog shit. Um, and he makes it work into a bit. I believe the setup is uh, he was listening to two guys talk. And one of them said something that really pissed me off. It was, the, it was just the way he said it. He used the word hilarious. 
We go right to the top shelf with our words now. That, to me, we go right to the top shelf with our words now is what the entire thing is about. The entire eight-minute bit is in that sentence. So that, to me, is either the setup or the premise. But that doesn't come until, like, two minutes into the thing. So what is the first two minutes? Is that just gibberish? Is that? I mean, it's still on topic, so I don't know. It's so tough for me to break it down. Like, you look at somebody like, Mark Norman, you see exactly what he's doing. You write it down word for word. You can see the setup, the premise, the punch, the tag, the queef. You see it all right in there. I can't for Louis. I don't know what it is. I don't know how to break it down. I'm, maybe it's storytelling and because I'm shitty at that that I don't know what he's doing. Again, if any other comedians are out there listening, I would love to try to break some Louis shit down. It's so fascinating to me how he's doing this um the premise or the setup doesn't come until like two minutes in so what is that other shit what is that um i mean at one point he talks about getting impregnated by jesus i love when he's talking about the word amazing like it was amazing what are you gonna do with the rest of your life that's a that's such a funny line what are you gonna do with the rest of your life and uh, the word genius. So he's giving specific examples about the way we talk. We go right to the top shelf, right? So he's given us different examples on that. And he does this thing where he says, like the premise of the joke. So he's like, uh, you know, they use the word hilarious. It really pissed me off. But he doesn't talk about that right away. You know, he's talking about, well, he brings it up a little bit later. So right at that, like, three-minute mark, you hear him say something, and then he goes back to the word hilarious. So he does this thing where he leaves, like, an Easter egg almost. Like, this is what I want to talk about. We're going to talk about something else for a second, and then we're back to that. So the setup is – it's like a fucking Tarantino movie. It's all over the place. You don't know where it is. Sometimes you see it coming, but it's all callbacks, and I think that makes it – so much funnier and i mean again dude i'm just an amateur man like i don't i don't know shit i don't know what's going on i don't know what color i am i just found out that i wasn't white recently like for me to sit down and break down louis ck's jokes i almost have no right but fuck it man but fuck it you know fuck it in the butt let's uh let's try it this is what we're doing so any other comedians out there Man, I would love to sit down with you and maybe not do an interview, maybe break down some jokes. I don't know if that's what this will turn into. I don't know how uh, popular or whatever or well-received this specific one is going to be, but I wanted to sit down and talk about specific jokes that I liked and see why they work or how they work or why they're funny and whatever. Just do what I do with my sets, but for jokes that I really like and uh, that I wanted to share. I, I don't know, maybe I just we'll call this one. I, it's just a little bit frustrating, right? Because you look at something, like I look at uh, George Lopez, like what we talked about in the beginning, and I could see what he's doing. If you really wanted to, you could apply yourself and you could replicate that. You would be a copycat, but you could do it. Like, you know what he's doing. And I, I can't fucking for the life of me figure out what Louie is doing. And if any comedians are out there that know a little bit more, 
that have more knowledge maybe they read more books or they just have whatever i i want to know let's talk about it how is how does that work how is he setting it up is he an asshole should he have jerked off at all should he ever jerk off again i have no idea we should talk about all of that so comedians again if you were listening let's sit down let's chop it up let's uh let's talk about jokes let's do that and all this was uh really inspired by a podcast that my brother showed me called a uh, good one joke or podcast about jokes and it's about uh i mean it is about jokes uh, the host has different comedians on and he picks a specific joke to talk to them about and they break down the joke why did you go with this line why did that work literally like what i'm doing now and i heard that podcast and i was like holy shit that's almost like what i do with my own jokes pretty much with my uh, solo pods that i do and i was like how fun would it be to just like, to do that with some of my favorite comedians uh they are not here i am just doing this alone at my desk but even so i'm having a great time just listening to these old bits um, so that's where the idea came from. You can go check out that podcast if you really want to. It's fucking awesome. I've talked a lot. I have dry mouth. You know how when you get dry mouth, you have a dry mouth? That's what I have. My mouth's dry. So I'm going to drink some water. I think I want to end this one. Um, but comedians, reach out. The email, comedianordinaire at gmail.com. Instagram is comedian.ordinaire. All that shit. We just look up Comedian Ordinaire. My, my asshole comes up, and you can message my butthole. We'll talk. We'll set it up, and uh, we'll get it going. Uh, next week, look out for Kevin Moan Part 2. Kevin was the first comedian that I ever got to sit down with and really talk about comedy with. And... That was in September. Man, it's been a little bit, but a lot has changed for Kevin. My guy is really fucking out there. He is putting so much thought into what he's doing and uh, just one of the smarter people that I've gotten to meet. So, and I'm really, I'm really happy about the second interview that we did. It's so much better and more polished than the first. It sounds better. It's more interesting. And fuck, man, that's going to be one of my favorite ones, honestly, when that one comes out. So look out for that one. That one is next week. Uh, yeah, it'll just be next week, and shit, we got so much more coming out. Chanel Hughes, Jonathan Mitchell, we'll get them all back, and what a great time it is to have a podcast, because you get to talk to people that are doing things that you like, and they get to share their knowledge with you, and you fuck, I'm learning so much shit, even trying to break down the BK Lounge, I feel like I'm learning something, so hopefully you learn something. I'm going to get out of here. My dog hasn't eaten food in four weeks, so I need to, I don't know, give her water, maybe calm her down. I'm going to go, but thanks so much for listening. See you next week.